0: know there are many choices in internet radio and the staff and host of la talk live would like to thank you for choosing the internet's hottest destination for the most eclectic sound and invigorating talk this is la talk live we are more than just talk Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We're Del and Debbie's Mind, Body, and Soul, and Everything in Between. We're the show that talks about how to live your best life, and we interview guests that have uh, inspir- will inspire all of us. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Debbie Carlin Boyle. I am a certified wellness and nutrition coach, a fitness instructor, and a personal trainer. And my co-host right
1: here... Hi, I'm Del AD jones I'm a transformational life coach specializing in personal growth, uh, relationships, and divorce recovery. And on our show today, I wish we had two hours or three or four even actually. We have a, a fascinating show. Um, we're going to hear all about the harrowing real-life story of one person's journey of survival. Um, a childhood marred by physical and sexual abuse, to a life threatening battle with addiction, and finally, thank goodness, to an inspirational life full of love and healing. So, we're so honored today to have as a very special guest um, Khalil Rafati. Um, he is a wellness entrepreneur, owner of Sun Life Organics, uh, an athlete, and author of <laughs> um, I Forgot to Die. So welcome to Khalil, and thank you so much for coming here today. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Hi.
0: Thank you. I'm so <laughs> excited to have you. Thank yeah. you. And to, to get started, we want to hear your very beginnings. We want to hear your story. I, uh, I think you grew up in Ohio. I in Malt- did. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So let's yeah. Start from the beginning, because our uh, audience wants to hear how your journey has began and where, how you got to where you're at today. Okay, sure. Um, my...
2: Um, both my parents were immigrants my mother came from poland and my father came from palestine um they both spoke different languages and had different religions um so um it was pretty your
1: mother was jewish and your father muslim is that right oh my,
2: my my mother was jewish by birth mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. she was adopted into a catholic family oh. oh and my father was muslim by birth but was um an atheist okay. er, is an atheist and um So, uh, and everyone where I lived looked like the cast of the Brady Bunch. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, was, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, uh, mom, dad, dog cat, dinner at six, and, uh, and then there was us. And, um, I was brown, and, uh, and and had weird parents, and that did weird things, and (laughs) there was a lot of, um, it was confusing. There was a lot of violence. And neglect, um, because when when she was a child, her father died at sea fighting the Nazis, and then her mother abandoned her um, oh, on, wow. on someone's doorstep. When my father was a child, uh, the United Nations decided that the land that he was living on, which was called Palestine, was, um, was going to go back to the Jewish people. So my father then became a refugee in his own land, um, went from living on an olive orchard to... Um, living in tents, and uh, eventually was, uh, eventually became a Jordanian citizen. So the the Jordanian uh, government sort of adopted a bunch of the Palestinians at the time, um, and a uh, lot of anger on his side, mm-hmm. and a, and a lot of um, a lot of neglect and abuse on my mother's side. So she internalized and and was kind of frail, and I don't want to say weak because that's because she's not weak, she's incredibly resilient. She survived being in a work camp, Mm -hmm. she survived, you know, being abandoned like that, she survived my father. Yeah, Um, but
1: that, that initial abandonment is, is scarring for life. For life, yeah. I mean, absolutely, comes down in a lot of ways.
2: She went through, both of them, to be fair, both of them went through awful, awful stuff when they were kids, so neither of them were prepared to be parents, and, Mm -hmm.
1: um... How old were they when, when you were born?
2: You know, I should know that, but, um, I mean, they're in their 80s now, and I'm 47, so... So
1: they were not... They weren't young. Yeah, they weren't teenagers. No, no. they weren't.
2: She had had a previous marriage, which I don't know anything about other than she had a son in that previous marriage. He um, had had many marriages, um, which I don't really know about any of them except for one. I met a woman in Chicago that he was married to that he, he had some kids with. Um, so, yeah. you half-brothers sisters, so you have uh,
0: half brothers and sisters all over the world. Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say. Yeah, all over the world. Are you in contact with them? No. Uh, no. Not mm-hmm. a, okay. No. And and what about bet- with your both your parents? Do you have any uh, siblings?
2: No. I'm no, the you're only, an only child. child. Yeah, okay. With, yeah, with them.
0: So yeah. being in Ohio at an, as an only child and not being white skinned blue eyed and blonde hair, were you bullied? Um I wasn't bullied i mean i
2: I was called sand nigger regularly oh um,
0: well, that's, that's a little bit of form <laughs> <yeah>. of bullying <laughs> yeah
2: I, I don't I don't think the kids I, I don't think they meant, meant harm it you know I, I I really believe like growing up in Ohio, there was lots of things that we would consider horrible that were said mm-hmm. things you know like get your cotton-picking hands off of that mm-hmm. um, we didn't know what that meant yes, I exactly. didn't in, right. I gotta be honest with you I didn't know what that meant till a few years ago Do you
1: know I, as you said that I'm it's I just horrible. had to rationalize yeah. it I've never yeah put it means that, get yeah. your black yes. hands off yeah, absolutely yeah. Oh, I didn't absolutely
2: it. it's a total racist yeah. statement wow. um, even, even Jewish people in Ohio would say things like yeah he tried to Jew me out of it mm. now Ohio, you said that stuff, but you didn't mean it. Yeah. California, you, you say don't it. say that stuff, but you think it. it. But yeah. you think <laughs> it. Well,
0: well. And when you do say it, you mean it. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. It kind so of, yeah. So
2: rough, rough, rough childhood. I mean, I don't, I don't want to wallow in a pity party because my life is so incredible mm-hmm. right now. I'm, I'm living a life beyond my wildest dreams. But for people to, to understand, because I hear it all the time, like, oh my God, how could you, how could you be a junkie? How could you stick a needle in your arm? I'm scared of needles everyone's scared of needles. Mm -hmm. I don't don't get how people don't understand that. Like, it used to take three nurses to hold me down to draw my blood. I was terrified of needles. But if you're in enough pain, and if your, your childhood, if you suffer enough trauma in your childhood, and your anxiety and your and your fear gets large enough you're going to do whatever you can do to, to, to self
1: to self soothe mm-hmm. to, to, to medicate to anesthetize yeah. yourself. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah.
2: So yeah.
1: bad childhood. So yeah. so yeah. So, g- so
0: what brought you out of Ohio and and let's you know, Well actually before go we go, go there yeah.
1: cuz I know cuz I read your book yeah. which is as I say it's a harrowing tale. Yeah. I think I I think I had my heart in my chest. I kept saying, "Please, God, make this the last time." I don't think I <laughs> well, could go through <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I could go through this again. But um, there is some more in and around Ohio that I want to oh, touch okay. upon before we get to coming sure. to California. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that your brother had, um, oh, rather, sorry, your mother had a, had a child, yeah. your half brother, um, who was eight years older than you. Is that correct? Yes and so um talk a little bit about about that because i i'm not sure if you i'm sure you would agree with me but i think if you ask most people that have um issues or struggles around addiction um the percentage of those people that have suffered abuse whether it's sexual or or physical abuse is huge i mean it's it's huge huge.
2: yeah and it's only now just starting to be talked about i mean when i used to share in meetings because i always share about the sexual abuse because i don't i mean i don't I don't think it's taboo. I think you're only as sick as as your secrets, absence, right? right? So yeah, I, had a, right. I had a I had a an older half sibling who was put into an orphanage because my father didn't want him around because it wasn't his kid. I'm guessing mm-hmm. some pretty bad things were done. I'm not mm-hmm. guessing. I know bad things were done to him in that orphanage because it was yeah. eventually shut down. He got out, and there I was. And he yeah. continued the pattern. Like I I, I, uh, I believe what they did to him is what he did to me. So, so he, he lived with you.
0: Uh, well, when he when came back? When
2: he came back from yeah. the orphanage. Yeah. Okay. So when I was about five, I think he he came back. And,
0: and he's and eight years older, so yeah. he was a yeah, preteen.
1: Yeah, he was going through yeah.
2: puberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, mm-hmm. I, I'm and
1: probably rage. I mean, he probably had some feelings about you. Like, why course. weren't you mm-hmm. given away? Why was he given away and put in an orphanage? If yeah. it hadn't have been for your mother and you coming along, he yeah. might have... Started. So, it's complicated. Yeah,
2: it's complicated, and I think also because later in life I mean I have no contact with him now but later in life he did end up being gay and so I think also he was going through puberty and I'm not making excuses for no, him exactly. you don't touch it you don't touch a child yeah I don't care like mm-hmm. there's no gray area there no. you, you, you I Gris- mean if you're if you're in the Born south the of, if you're in the south of France and you're at the beach and there's women in bikinis you know you're not checking IDs and you know maybe one that's 16 who looks like she's 25 like there's a gray area there yeah when it's a child
1: mm-hmm. 4 you know. or
2: 5 6 years old 10 years old you don't
1: mm-hmm, you don't touch them no. no. so i'm
2: not making excuses but at the same time i don't have resentment because i understand that it's a cycle mm-hmm. but it's a cycle that i choose to end yeah, it's a, it's a cycle that i choose to to put an end to by discussing it and talking about bringing
1: it bringing awareness to it yeah, a- yeah. and and also i mean god the just the modeling of 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 not not having any shame around it because it's not our shame yeah. I mean if something happened to us as children it's not our shame right I mean that's been put upon us by adults that that you know, acted inappropriately. For sure. So I think that's wonderful that you, that you are putting a beautiful face to that and just saying, hey, talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and, and be aware of it. And people say things like, oh, it happens more now. It didn't. It happened, it happened I think, probably all the time. All the time. Yeah. It just wasn't it's talked just about.
0: It's just more talked about yeah. now. It yeah. was literally
2: taboo. Well, yeah. when, literally. When I, when I, I mean, I talk about it pretty extensively in my book, but when I went to my mom and I said, you know, please make him stop, she literally pushed me away and said, he's just tickling you. Oh. Yeah. Well, where do you think she learned that? Yeah. Right. To, exactly. Know? Right. So, what right. oh, was familiar to yeah. her? Yeah. And so then I, I was taught in that moment, then just to you know mm. close your eyes and pretend it's not happening. So then when it happened again and again, w- in 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 a much more damaging way, because then my swim coach, um, who worked at the local country club, um, he was molesting me, and he was <gasps> he was like my hero. I mean, mm. he was like somebody oh. that I really really looked up to, yeah. and. um I'm a little boy and I'm desperate for attention, I'm desperate for yeah. love, and he's, you know, being inappropriate and I'm kind of pretending it's not happening or making excuses for it. And then he, uh, in in a very predatory way invited me to go camping with him. Yeah. And I said, you know, at first I was like, No, no, no. And then eventually, you know, my, my mom, not knowing any better, was like, No, no, this is great. This is great, oh, go. Geez. And so yeah,
0: Enabler. yeah.
1: You know, well and That's it's also there's they're so predatory and the grooming and the and yeah. the becoming the father figure or the or yeah. the big brother or whatever. It's just so insidious. Yeah, it's horrible. But it I, I, I hear you. I mean, I remember saying something to my mother once and, and her response, God bless her, I love her to death, but again the same thing. It was like, oh that happened to me and it's like, Hello Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's it. It's supposed to keep happening right. because it happened to you. It's sort of normal. It's not normal. Yeah. And um, you know, it's it's really so how, so let's yes. go into your teens then. I mean, how that obviously you affected you, affected your behavior, sure. and so yeah, talk I, a little I, bit I, about...
2: I started getting into into drugs and alcohol at a very early age, hanging mm-hmm. out with all the older kids, the quote-unquote cool kids, um, smoking pot when I was 8, nine, ten years old, drinking mm-hmm. um, when I was 12, 13, blackout drunk, just drinking myself blind trying to contend with that shame. That last sexual abuse incident um, happened when I was 11, about 11 and a half years old, and that was, that scarred me, I mean, for for decades. That was something that I could not forgive and I could not pretend didn't happen, because it did.
1: Did you feel in any way responsible?
2: with with the swing but, Well, coach? that you yes. brought it on. No. That you... Well, thank goodness, because good. that, yeah. that can but often... It, no. People take
1: on guilt that the, it
0: was yeah. their fault that no, I they created to, I the want, situation. No,
2: in my in my early childhood, it was more confusing, and, and maybe there was some feelings of, well, maybe I brought some of that on my own, but in that particular situation, no, I wanted to kill You him. knew. Oh, that's you did. That's, good. Healthy. Good. That, that's, that, yeah, that's healthy. That's actually healthy. Towards yeah.
1: Yeah. knowing... I mean, I know that I, for years, made... um. Number one, wouldn't call something what it was, yeah. um, and then felt that I had been responsible because that you're told you're responsible. Yeah. If you weren't so cute, it wouldn't have happened. If sure. you hadn't have, you know, whatever, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And, and so therefore, the fact that at 11, you had such a sense of, of awareness to know that it wasn't you yeah. and that they were in the wrong. That But then again, that's when it leads to the anger. Yeah, I was,
2: I was mad and then started acting out, and, and um, I started having sex when I was 12 years old, drinking, as I said, smoking pot, um, shoplifting, vandalism, all those things that sort of go hand in hand with a child that on the outside, you know, I was a good-looking kid, fit, you know, physically fit, uh, capable, athletic, but um, I was so tortured on the inside. Yeah. And you um, we were
0: trying to numb that and yeah. make that go away and, yeah. and drugs and alcohol definitely give you that feeling that it's suppressing everything, For sure And, and then the, you and, don't know better.
2: And then the people that, that I chose to also to hang out with were you know sort of like outlaw, gangster type of people. The people that I surrounded myself with were much, much older than me and people that um, I talk about this guy Tommy in my book Tommy was mm-hmm. just a total, um like james dean rebel without a cause type mm-hmm. of guy and um and he ended up um he ended up falling off a ladder and and dying which was another incredibly traumatic thing that happened my, the, this I happened mean, when you wh- were, while you
0: were th- still living in ohio and yeah, still young
2: yeah when i was a little kid and he yeah. was like i i really really trusted him i really looked up to him so yeah the one kid greg who who protected me from my brother he died of open heart surgery oh, no. and then tommy who worked at the country club. Um, he ended up falling off a ladder so I, you know by time I was 12, 13, 14 years old, I really felt that the world was a, was an evil bad mm-hmm, hostile yeah, place well, that's all you me. had seen at that until yeah. that point yeah, yeah. yeah. and it I didn't really, I didn't doubt the existence of God. I just thought that God was a, a bad thing mm-hmm. right like, How could this thing yeah. you know yeah, these you, people are like praying to this thing that's allowing all this, all this bad ba- stuff exactly. to, right. to mean it's like I don't get it God God yeah. you know God God gave us life and God gives us free will but yeah. I don't think God. Uh, causes cancer or or yeah. Hitler, but you don't <laughs> know
1: that as a child. I mean, you you just no. know what you're being. So d- just to digress for a second, now, sure. you say your father was an atheist. Did he actually? Would did he vocalize that when you were younger, or is that something you got to know later?
2: Um, he just he cussed a lot. He sweared a lot. He broke a lot of things, and he was mm. pretty violent. So I, he was I, angry. I'm sure there was talk of, you know. The, the goddamn Catholics are idiots, mm. or the, you know, the Jews, or the Arabs. My my dad didn't discriminate against anybody. <laughs> yeah. He was, hated everybody. He just had an attitude. He was Archie Bunker <laughs> yes. in, uh, He was, he yeah. It, in a, in a, yeah. Yeah, in a way. And, and, and look, um, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for my father. Absolutely. I mean, my father is, is, you know, now 83 years old, and like, you could, you could come at him with a baseball bat, and he would just stand there. I mean, he's the, one of the most strong, resilient, um, determined men I've ever met in my life, and I, and I derive a lot of my strength and who I am from him and his ability to overcome just about anything. Um, I just know that happiness is a choice, and I choose mm-hmm. to be happy, and although I don't, I, I don't speak with him, we text sometimes, like if it's his birthday or something like that, um, we will text, but I, I chose about three years ago to not communicate with him. Um, and again, not cause he's a bad person, but it makes me it feel bad. It affects you. Yeah. It makes yes. me feel bad. And here, and here's the unfortunate truth. My dad doesn't like me. He just doesn't like me, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. He's not obligated to like me. Um, I'm a pain in the ass, and I and I and I put him. <laughs> you through put him hell. through some stuff. Yeah, and and he, I know that he, in whatever way, whatever weird way, I know that he loves me and he wants the best for me. I might, maybe, I remind him of my mom too mm-hmm. much. I'm not yeah. quite sure. Yeah. Um. But he just doesn't like me, and right. so I don't want to talk to somebody that doesn't like me, and and. My mom I talked to all the time, and my, my mother, so both of my parents did, did acted in different ways, because I, I had this plan, I was going to make a bunch of money, I was going to spoil the crap out of them, and then they were going to love me, and my <laughs> mom's pretty good at that. <laughs> my dad wasn't so good. So oh, d- well.
1: Talk about, like, w- before you moved out to California, I love the story about, about how you decided to, to actually come out here. And and how old were you at the time?
0: Well, the first and time I was why.
2: 17, and it was just for a couple of days. But I got a taste. I saw the models. I saw you know the Hollywood, weather. <laughs> the weather, yeah, the exactly. Beach, yeah. Um, and uh, and I made a vow to come back. So four years later, I had been talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. Um, I was blind drunk one night up in Detroit, and I was I jumped up on a car. I was doing my you know, best imitation of Jim Morrison, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was yelling at my friends saying, you know, you're all going to die here. You're all going to die in this shitty little town. And you're going to end up working in the factories just like your parents. And, and they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I'm going to California. And they're like, bullshit. Oh, so
0: they and I'm dared like, no. you. Oh,
2: they, 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 not, they shamed me because yeah. I said, no, I'm going, I'm moving to California. And they said, bullshit, you've been talking about that for four years. And they were right. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm leaving tomorrow and they said bullshit and I had so much false pride at the time and I was so insecure that I woke up the next morning I don't know how I got back to my mother's apartment but I woke up in my mother's apartment on the sofa and I was just like oh my god I, I gotta go I this just I just grab divine
0: intervention yeah here, don't grab, you think? grab mm-hmm.
2: grab my belongings and then I started to panic and then I started to backpedal and then I started to think well I'll go to my I'll drive to my dad's restaurant cuz he gets there every day at five and I'm sure he's gonna flip out scream at me maybe pull me out of the car <laughs> slap me around so I, I propped everything up in my windows so it it looked like I was moving somewhere and I, and I sat there waiting in his parking lot and uh, and you know just like always here comes his Mercedes he pulls into his restaurant and he gets out of the car and he walks right past me and I rolled on my window I'm like dad and he goes yeah And I said, I'm moving to California. And he just turned around and he goes, good luck. And he walked inside. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So off you drove? Off I drove with $840 to my name.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay, what when, happened when then? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta know. Well,
1: about that. I, I love the bit about you said it was like you were caffeine fueled and cried for most of the drive. Oh my god, I cried <laughs> because you were scared. Yeah. You were, yeah. yeah. But f-
0: something was compelling you. You knew deep down you me- you belonged out in California. I did because there was something there was a new life for you out there, mm. which but you you didn't know it at the time but you were compelled. I didn't know what but I did yes, know it. Yes, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It was so deep.
2: And the first half of the journey, it was, it was, you know, a horrible crying. It was crying like, oh my God, what have I done? And, and just, you know, like, I, I can't turn around. What do I do? And then the second half, uh, once I got into those longer states, you know, where it takes like five hours to drive across them, yeah. I literally became like, Hypnotized by the lines in the road because it was just me and the radio station stops working and I'm just driving and I'm driving with your thoughts. Well, I was just gonna say, (laughs) yeah, with
1: your thoughts because you have no idea what's at the end of that you know that road because you you didn't didn't have a a plan, you didn't didn't have have a map, map. you didn't have people, yeah, yeah. This is When, when I made it
2: to, um, I think it was the 40, I took the 70, 80, I think to the 40, and when I made it to the 40, there was somebody that had. California plates. And I asked them, I said, where are you guys going? And they said, we're, you know, we're driving back to LA. I met them at like a Stuckey's diner. Mm. And I said, can I follow you? And they're like, yeah, sure. It was like some college kids from USC. Yeah. And so I followed them the rest of the way. I had no map. I just, I knew I had yeah. to get out of Ohio or I was going to end up dead or in jail because mm. I was really starting to act out more and more and more as, as, as my teens turned into my twenties. Um, and yeah, and then I came out here and then it was just you know, it was like a Fellini <laughs> film. I mean it was really like I left to get away from the trouble and and at first it worked. Like at first like I i, I was I had that Ohio thing in me where like I was willing to work. I went door to door with a bucket and a chamois and a towel and I like knocked on people's doors and, and asked what year them. year was
1: this again? Ninety two. Ninety two, okay. Yeah
2: and I would ask them if I could yeah. wash their cars, and I got a lot of doors slammed in my face, but uh, there was also a lot of people that were like, what? And I'm like, oh, well, can I wash your car for $40, or can I wax your car? And they would like invite me in, they would make me lunch, oh, they lovely. would, yeah it, was, yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, and eventually I lucked out at the Porsche Audi dealership in Santa Monica on 11th Street. Um, I, I lucked out and some guy like thought I had a detailing shop because he asked me if I had a place and I'm like of course I have a place <laughs> and he's like well, what's the address and I'm like what's wrong with this guy and I'm like it's in the Santa Monica Canyon and he's like oh I've never seen it I'm like what a weirdo why would he see my
0: apartment yeah <laughs> <But> he, he, <laughs> he was me, talking about your business I didn't uh, know yeah. and he well, your me, business
2: was your, you so know. he That's let me take funny. one of the he let me take one of the Porsches home and and I detail and I brought it back and then you know, he let me take another one, and then eventually, um, he referred me to the to BMW of Santa Monica on uh, I think uh, 16th in Santa Monica, and the guy there said, "Are you mobile?" And I said, "Yes," and he said, "We have a client up in Bel Air." um they don't live there anymore so i can just say it, it was up, <laughs> yes. at, up at 700 memes in bel-air
1: i was at that house
2: you were okay yes. so went up there i don't know this house and um anymore. i was working there for about a month and i talk a lot about this in the book cause It was very bizarre because everyone there was gay except for me and i was scared that they were going to figure out that i wasn't gay so i just didn't talk i just worked and uh about a month into it they had me up all the time and they paid me an obscene amount of money and one day, the front door opened, which it never did, and out came this little white dog, and here comes Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm just oh, like, you've got to be house. kidding me. <laughs> like, oh my God. That's <laughs>
0: whose cars you were, oh, And I didn't wow.
2: know, wow. yeah. Wow. So left Ohio to get away from trouble, did really well for a while, created an how, incredible- How long
0: was a while? How,
2: years? I mean, years, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, when I drank, I would drink to blackout, so mm-hmm. I avoided drinking to the best of my ability. Um, but eventually, yeah, people, I got mixed up with the wrong crowd again.
0: again.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I was very industrious and resourceful. So people would say, not Elizabeth Taylor, but I mean, people that I was like hanging out with or working with like, Hey, can you get this? Can you get that? Mm -hmm. And it was a lot easier to drive to Marin County and buy a couple pounds of weed for, you know, 2,500 or 4,500, whatever, depending on the quality. Well, Make a profit, I mean, I made thousands and thousands of mm-hmm. dollars by the time I got back to Malibu. Mm-hmm. it was gone. I yeah. mean I could break it up into ounces or quarter mm-hmm. pounds and make thousands and thousands of yeah. dollars so why not yeah I, I i just I started to head into the wrong direction, got into a rock and roll band, and um so do you play
0: an instrument or you sing sing you sing, yeah, okay,
2: I sang, and uh I was with some really, really talented musicians, but many of them were kind of living off of second-generation fame, where Mm -hmm. they were like scions of rock, I think they call it, and and they had the money and they had the habits that go along with that, and Mm -hmm. I got sucked right into it. Mm -hmm. The difference between me and many of those people that we hung out with... um, You had the work ethic. I had the work ethic, but I also had the ism. So (laughs) they could take a handful of pills or do cocaine and party with the models and then go home and go to bed. I would, you know, 3 days later still be awake like crawling on the floor looking for you
0: yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> wow. I had it's the <laughs> Yes, yeah, I didn't read your yeah. book has maybe many of our viewers didn't either so you you know where everything's yeah. going i don't so yeah. this is a really indeed, good, like good I said, we're balancing each other here and I'm getting saying, your hang on story to your seat, yeah it's a, I is am. A wild this ride. is a, a roller coaster yeah. <laughs> of uh emotions to yeah. see yeah. what you've gone through yeah and a How lot a of bro- resilience <laughs> a lot
2: of a lot of uh a lot of broken relationships with some really really incredible women because i just didn't have the emotional maturity to be honest with them Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, and, and again, and, and you had the substance
0: abuse too, which were, unless they were at your level of substance abuse, some of them were,
2: were, some of them weren't, but the rage inside of me mm-hmm. and the fear and of them, right. uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. the fear of them leaving me superseded any feelings I had towards like, you know, maybe I shouldn't say this, or maybe I shouldn't behave like that, or maybe I should I shouldn't cheat. Like I knew wrong from right for the most part, well, but we all do, but I just would act out yeah, yeah. and and
0: we yeah. all know wrong from right and we do things for various reasons that mostly have to do with our past and yeah. mostly have to do with what's familiar yeah. to us and, and how and you our know? thinking. I mean right. what well, we make of things which is and what we tell ourselves. I our mean it's it's, it's process. This,
1: yeah, I mean there's so much power in that. I think some people don't realize how much power is in Well it. you could take We've something
0: as simple as diet and um, knowing that you're you know, that you're forty pounds overweight and you're still eating french fries and burgers and you know what it's doing. I mean, we all know nowadays what that's doing. You're not going to lose the 40 pounds doing that. But the habit and knowing the difference between, yeah. you know, it's, yes, there's an addictive uh, to, to junk food, there is a whole addictive process, but it's just we all know wrong from right. We yeah. know when we're doing yeah. something illegal, it's wrong. But, but that the doesn't mean is is, is so, so different. That urge, that yeah, it's yeah. coming from the inside. That's well, so the, deep.
2: Yeah, I mean, my speaking for myself. I mean, maybe I can speak for other people, but I mean, our whole life is about avoiding pain and yeah. gain Absolutely. pleasure. Right? that's yeah. right. So yes. mm-hmm. whether it's uh, a Coca Cola or ice cream. Or cocaine and heroin uh, mm-hmm. it's the same mechanism it's our midbrain it's our pleasure center mm-hmm. right that with the alcohol and the and the drugs you, then you're freezing your prefrontal cortex, so you really lose the ability to yeah. make a choice not like right now, I can choose not to eat pizza tonight and mm-hmm. not eat ice cream at eleven thirty before I go to bed because I'm not drunk or high yeah. right right mm-hmm. but if I do eat pizza tonight it's and if I alcohol. do, eat ice cream at 11:30 at night. Guess what I'm going to want tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And guess what I'm going to want tomorrow night? And it just it's the same thing because I'm teaching my midbrain, my yeah. midbrain and my pleasure center what's the
1: reward? That what is the, the reward? Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the
2: Pavlovian response exactly. mm-hmm. just just starts all over. It's so a, it's
1: a habit. I mean it it mm-hmm. it what it is it, it, we, our brains are, are, are trained to be habitual. It's that, as you say, stimulus response, stimulus response, yes. and every time you give in to that urge, every time that you that the craving or the urge, you just strengthen that connection. Right, And, and it's and easier to go hard. that it,
0: way, as you were saying, yeah. than it is to to take the steps that it takes to go back and start over and get rid of going yeah. that way. Well, and here, that's very difficult. But well, here's the
2: crazy thing. So with the drugs and alcohol it's just a little bit more intense Mm -hmm. so let's say you can get violently hung over from drinking or or violently nauseous from drinking and you're probably not gonna drink for a while some people never drink again with the food it's much more insidious because it's it's so gradual and it's legal and there's no one shaming you. you. And you have
1: to do it. And you have to eat. eat.
2: It's our fuel, it's our life, it's our And and so and so what ends up happening you eat a lot of carbs You crave carbs. Mm -hmm. Eating carbs causes you to crave carbs, Mm -hmm. just like doing cocaine causes you to crave cocaine. So, but in my particular situation, so now I'm hanging out with the cool crowd, the fast crowd, I'm making music. But w- what ends up happening in the process of, of, of procuring all of all of the drugs and the lifestyle is you stop showing up at work. You mm-hmm. stop following through with commitments. You stop returning phone calls. All of a sudden, the cell phones turned off because you didn't pay the bill. Not because you didn't have the money, but just because you're an idiot. Yeah. And it starts to, to you know, create this, this just whirlpool of a mess or, or maybe a better snowball analogy. Effect. Snowball Yeah, mm-hmm. so now... I'm a snowball going down the mountain and not paying my bills, I'm cheating on my girlfriend, I'm I'm now I'm selling drugs on the side, now I'm acting out in this way.
0: Wow. This is our believe. first break. It's our commercial break. No, you're not oh, done. Oh. You we have a whole that. half hour left. I know you're going to. Yeah, no, we're not done here, but, boy.
1: Um, but, well, I mean, we're so, this is fascinating. But I really want to go through the story chronologically. So we're going to take a two minute break. We will be back. And I want to pick up where you are on Skid Row.
0: Sure. Yeah. Homeless, on we know Skid Row. Had, We know you're on the spiral down. Now okay. we want to cool. pick up that what, when you're I way down. Cool. We will be back in two minutes. Stay with us, is Del and Debbie's Mind, body, and soul will be back in two.